Well, it is Thursday of Holy Week, and Theology Months are talking Jesus. Yes, we are. Uh, we both kind of just forgot that it was Thursday there for a second, um, which is a little funny, just kind of given the way that things are right now. The days all kind of blend together, I think. They um, really do. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, so that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is Monday, Thursday. Uh, it's the day traditionally in the church calendar that Jesus and his disciples had the Last Supper um, together, and that's basically what we're going to be talking about today. So yeah. it should be, should be a good conversation, I think. Yeah, it should be. Um, I, I'm I'm remembering because uh, I know a lot of different churches do different things for Monday Thursday, and uh, I, I mean, admittedly, I'm not usually like a church calendar kind of person. Um, don't get me wrong; I'm a calendar person in general. Uh, but when it comes to like the liturgical calendar, I'm not quite as well versed on things, and so I will. I I do want to give a quick little shout out because. Uh, in my experience, uh, Beamer, our friends at Beamer, uh, every year on Thursday traditionally have had a fish and bread supper, uh, followed by a short little message and communion together, um, which I think is just a cool experience. I've been, I've gone to that service before, and uh, and I think it's just kind of a cool way to commemorate today and and continue to celebrate this week as we lead up to Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good job, Beamer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so we are talking about uh, Jesus, uh, his kind of meal with the disciples, uh, which was, which was honestly like the last of many. Like you look at Jesus' ministry, he eats with them all the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, and and to be fair too, I mean, he eats with them when he spoiler alert when he gets resurrected. Um, he even eats with them then too. But this is kind of like the Last Supper before glorification, you know, before death, resurrection, uh, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a very, like, I don't know about you, but I always feel very, like, somber uh, around this time. Like, when I, when I stop to remember that, like, oh, yeah, like, this is Holy Week, and this is, like, the last couple days of Jesus' earthly life. Right. Like, it starts to feel a little somber, and I think maybe it should, you know, uh, just as we, as we remember uh, what our Savior did and, what, and, and who He is and, and uh, what He did for each of us, you know? So... Yeah, and it is a sad time. It is. It is. And I, this is this is a sad time. The good times come in, in a couple of days here, but right now it's sad. That's right. <laughs> Sunday's coming, as they say. Right. Uh, and and to be fair, that's a good point because I do feel like often in the Easter season we want to skip straight to Easter. Um, yeah. But we can't really yeah. have Easter without Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. And I mean, kind of our. I feel like our theme for this week has been kind of talking a little bit about Christian suffering. Um, and we don't. We don't necessarily like have to suffer during during Easter time, right? Or during uh, like Monday, Thursday, and, and Good Friday. But I think that it is important for us to remember uh, the one who did, you know, absolutely, and to to pay to pay service to uh, to that suffering and what it produced for each of us. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of almost like. <laughs> I'm going to ruin this because it was your favorite holiday, right? But like <laughs> Christmas time, right? Even Christmas time is a little bit somber because it's like, yeah, no, there is joy, right? Joy has come and, and there is love and like it is it is like the greatest time of year. Like I'll give you that. It is the greatest time of year. And yet at the same time, there's still like a pang of sadness, right? Because Because the reason that joy has come is because it had to come to fix all that was broken, you know? Right. And so, so like... There's a little bit of like solemnity in that too, 
you know, uh, in, in things that surround Jesus, like, yeah, there's joy and there's love and there's grace and there's peace. And there's also solemnity and a little bit of pain because God had to become human to make things right. So, you know, I don't know. This is all these deep theological thoughts that we're thinking and parsing through this week. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I think that, uh, often Christians want to skip to the good. We want to skip to the celebration parts. Um, and where we need to, to just kind of sit for a minute in what it means to, um, to mourn and to lament a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, all, that's not always bad, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I definitely like, I definitely feel that little bit of like a, a, a pull in the heartstrings at, at East or at uh, Christmas as well. Um, because yeah. there's a little bit of like, Oh, look at this baby Jesus. He is going to have to die and do horrible things happen to him. Like, Oh man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, Oh no. Like, like <laughs> you know, like when God has to become human, you know, the things have gotten bad. Yeah. Right. You know, um, <laughs> And they're going to get good again, and, and they have gotten good, and, and they are good. Uh, but there's, there's good and bad here, and there's there's pain and goodness here at the same time. Sure. So, things to think about as we head into kind of these last few days of Holy Week. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. so, as we look at Thursday, um, we'll start with, really, there's a couple of things that are happening here. You've got you you've got the, the Last Supper. Um, and then kind of their experience in in that room and then you it's kind of followed by the garden and so i think we'll we'll talk about both of those um but i think we should we ought to start with with this passover meal they're going to celebrate together um i mean the sheer fact that like basically the disciples come to jesus and they're like all right so where are we going to celebrate the passover like have you planned for this right. and jesus is just like yeah go into the city and here's what the ceb says Go into the city to a certain man, which I think is hilarious. Just a certain man, right? Like just right. It's like a certain man. Like wait, wait. maybe Matthew I, just said that because like he knew the guy's name, but he knew that nobody else would know the guy. So he's like, it's just this guy, right? I mean, it's, it's just possible. I just it, sometimes Jesus says things, and you're like, okay, did he actually say it that way, or did they just translate it this way, or did they like? I don't know. It's just it's odd. But yeah, go go into town, find a certain man. Yep, go find a certain, a certain man. What's a certain man going to be doing, Chad? <laughs> this certain man in Matthew, it says, tell the certain man that the teacher says, my time is near, I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. And so he says right. the disciples did just as Jesus instructed <laughs> them, and they prepared the Passover. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm inviting myself over for supper. Not just supper, like the premier supper of the year. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm also God's son. So you better get this right. <laughs> That's right. It, apparently the guy didn't have any issues because they just did it. I mean. Yeah. 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 It, it must. I mean, I don't know. It's, it, it, that's either miraculous, which it very well could be. Right. Like it's, it's miraculous that they just showed up to a guy's house for supper. Uh, and the guy was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Or it was somebody that Jesus knew. Right. Or it, has, it has to be one of those two. Yeah, I, you have to think it's somebody Jesus knows, right? Like they're like, "Hey, the teacher wants this place," and that guy's going, "Oh, okay, sure, why not?" <laughs> like, yeah, I'll host Jesus, yeah, absolutely. Cool, yeah, hosting Jesus and his people, yeah, that sounds right. good. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but no, I mean, they they go and they get dinner set up. Um, what what book is it? Do we figure out what book it is? Where is is that that actually happens? Right in one of the one of the accounts, they go and follow a guy carrying a water jar, don't they? 
Let me see. Let me find. Let me, maybe it's in John. It I, might be in John. John has all kinds of weird stuff in his <laughs> book. He just, I mean, he just does. Like, right. <laughs> we love John. He's fantastic, but he does have all kinds of weird stuff in his book. Let's see. Let's see. John has a lot more teaching in this moment. Um, yeah, because John's the one that has the foot washing. Like Luke and Matthew don't mention the foot washing at all. Oh, interesting. They both just have the what we would call the Eucharist or communion. Gotcha. Let's see. The Passover draws near. Um, let's see. I'm actually, I'm not seeing anything. We, that could be true. I just, I'm not seeing it in here. Gotcha. Whatever the case. All this to say, they go, they go and they get supper set up. Um, and they're, they're eating dinner, obviously together. And at some point during the meal, uh, Jesus, he, he gets out. He, he gets out from the table and he goes and he gets a basin of water or he has a pot. I don't remember exactly how it happens, but a basin of water materializes. Um, and Jesus takes off, so he takes off his outer garment, uh, and he wraps a towel around himself and he gets down on his hands and knees and he starts to wash the disciples, dirty, nasty, stanky feet. Yep. Um, and I just, I just taught a lesson about this, a video lesson about this, uh, to the youth and the kid connect kids actually. Um, and I don't know, to put things in perspective there a little bit, you got to remember that, like, this is a, a desert culture, right? Like, they live in the desert. Uh, they walk around. They, they probably largely walk around in sandals or barefoot. Yeah, them things um, nasty. Oh, my gosh. Like, I walk around barefoot a lot in the summertime or in sandals a lot in the summertime, but my feet think, and right? <laughs> they get, yeah, you're right, exactly. But, like, your feet smell bad when you walk around barefoot. And so... To put this in context just a little bit, um, and, and people have probably heard this before, but I think it bears mentioning again, uh, washing feet was like the lowest of the lowest servant in the house. That was his job, you know? It's like, hey, my friends are coming over. Uh, you're the lowest guy on the totem pole. You got to scrub their feet. It's just, it's just like this really gross, disgusting job. And Jesus, who is the king of kings, Lord of glory, God's own son, gets down on his hands and knees and washes everybody's feet, you know? Um, and what I pointed out in my video lesson with, uh, with the youth and the kids was basically just like, this, this is kind of like the outworking of Jesus' teachings about how to be great in God's kingdom, you know? It's like, he has said over and over again, if you want to be great, you got to be low and a servant of everybody else. And then here he is, like, actually doing it. You know, he's he's actually carrying out the, the teaching that he taught his disciples to do. Um, and there's some teaching moments in there, too, and I'll, I'll kind of let you uh, pick up on those if, if you'd like. Um, but just that humility is just incredible to me. I think it's just amazing. Well, I think that's really, like, the point of him doing that, too. I mean, he's, he's trying to show the disciples that, like, listen— like, you know, because I, I talk a lot about the authority and the power of Jesus, and that's that's where I actually zone in on for my Easter message this weekend. Um, but for Jesus, authority and power did not mean lording it over people. It did not mean, um, you know, being the top dog. Authority and power meant using it to make other people's lives better. Um, right. Because, you know, like when those disciples are coming to that table, uh, and I forget where I, where I picked this up on, but... Uh, they're not sitting in like chairs like most of us would at our living room tables. Like 
they're like right. kind of kneeled down um, and their feet are a lot closer to uh, the tabletop than what most of us, our feet are. <laughs> and, right. and so, so by doing, I mean, this, this serving is really, I mean, it's, it's miraculous because it's like Jesus is using all his power, all his authority to make everyone else's life better instead of his own. Uh, and in fact, he even, even in, I mean, you think of even in the resurrection, he's using the power and the authority to better our lives. Uh, yep. and, and even looking ahead to the garden when he's praying, you know, he's like, all right, if there's any other way, like, you know, he's like, but I'm right. going to do it because I love people, you know? And right. it's kind right, of, this, right. it, it, it's almost like a, this is almost like a foreshadowing of, of, of the death and resurrection of this servanthood and of this, this lifestyle that he expects of his disciples. Um, yeah. especially with, I feel like with as much like reputation as he's gained by this point in the story, uh, the disciples being, you know, they're the disciple of the teacher, you know, like they got to be feeling pretty good. And Jesus right. is like, listen, there's a better way. <laughs> well, because even in that story, first of all, it's also pointing out the fact that, that Judas was sitting at the table, right? This guy that Jesus knew what was going on. Um, and he sits at the table and Jesus even gets down and washes the feet of his, what at that moment would have been his worst enemy, you know? Um, to let let that sink in for a moment, and then consider uh, <laughs> consider how we think about and maybe even treat our worst enemies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> all this to say, in in scripture, you know, Peter Peter is like, well, no, you'll never wash my feet. Like, I'm not willing to let you wash my feet. Um, and Jesus basically says, well, if you don't let me wash your feet, then you can't have any part of me. Right, which I feel like I feel like Jesus was so harsh with Peter sometimes, you know, like that poor dude. He was just trying his best. He was like, "No, Jesus, you're the king. I'm not going to let you wash my feet." Just like, well, then you can't be my friend, right? To be fair, there's also the precedent of like, to whom much is given, much is expected. Yes, true, right? Uh, Peter, he finally did get it in Acts, you know, like, like later on he did get it, and he, un- he understood what, what Jesus was doing, but man, like, he had a rough go of it for a little while there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, t- poor dude. It took a really good dose of the Holy Spirit to fix that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, you know, he's, he's basically like, no, you, like, you can't watch my feet, and she's like, well, you can't be my friend, and, and so he's like, well, then, uh, if, if you're going to wash my feet, then wash my hands and my head, too. And it's like, you know, classic Peter, he's like, well, then I want everything. I want all, all of it. I want to go all in, you know? And it's like, Jesus is like, listen, people who've had a bath don't need a bath. I'm just like, you'll understand what I'm doing later, right? Um, but for right now, like, just let me wash your dang feet. <laughs> again, like, interesting Peter moment and interesting, interesting to notice the dynamic between the two of them. Um, and also just, just you know, the servanthood. Uh, on display, even still right. in that moment. So, well, yeah. Anyway. Um, you bring up Judas in that, um, and that is, I feel like that storyline with Judas is interesting in this section because, like, when the section starts, like especially in Matthew, um, one of the first things Jesus does is uh, he does a little bit of teaching with them about how he's going to be betrayed, and and everyone around the table is like, oh, surely not me, surely not me, and and so. And then it says in verse 25, it says, Now Judas, who would betray him, replied, It's not me, is it, Rabbi? And he, you know what Jesus answers? He says, 
You he said he has a Jew, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it cracks yeah. me up. Yeah. He's like, it's not me, is it's it like, Jesus? He's like, well, you said it, not me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. What a, my goodness, what a, uh, what a moment <laughs> in time this must have been for these, for these men. Especially, like, after that moment, you have to imagine that most of the disciples were, you know, starting to, like, crack their knuckles and sharpen their knives right. and all kinds of stuff. Like, we'll get them right now, you know? Well, like, literally, like, the one cuts off some guy's ear. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man, can you, oh, gosh, just being Judas in that moment would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I like, feel like you're, 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 you're sharing the dude's bread, and you're getting ready to go to go have him killed. You know, well, yeah, and at that point, he's thinking? already done it. Like he's already betrayed him at that point. Like, yeah, he's already gotten paid. Right, right, right. And and so, like, he knows. And so, there's, right. this moment is really like a I don't know the right word necessarily, like a transparent moment for Judas. Like, yeah. all of a yeah. sudden. All he has is on the table, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and not just before Jesus, but before all of his friends, like, that's before everybody. It's that's it's, a moment. Yeah, yep. He is, in, in a manner of speaking, stark naked. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> he has he has nowhere to hide in this moment. Um, and now I don't remember is that the part where Jesus says, "What you have to do, go and do it quickly," and he leaves. Uh, I don't remember if Judas is there for the Eucharist or not. I no, I believe that he is. Um, I'd have to I'd have to find the right version of the story in the Gospels. Um, yeah, but I I think that he is still. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, moving on by way of moving on here, you know, um, all of this happens, right? And then we we also get another kind of a blessed occurrence here uh, in this story, which is the first uh, well the the instatement of Eucharist. Uh, you know, communion, um, what we, what we kind of do once a month where we, where we kind of like take a little bread and juice. And, and really, um, if, if anyone that's listening was at our, uh, that was a good, was that a good Friday service that we did or was that a Monday Thursday service we did last year with the, uh, with the Seder? That was a good Friday, right? I think it was good Friday. Yeah. Okay. Well, if anybody has ever been to a Seder, um, it's kind of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was, it was just kind of a natural part of the meal and Jesus took it and kind of transformed it and, and made it into something new. Uh, cause it, as we discovered, as we discovered last year, uh, you drink a lot of wine during a Passover meal, <laughs> like a whole lot of wine during a Passover meal. Uh, and, and so I think it's the third cup, which is the cup of something I don't remember, but <laughs> it's basically like very, very, uh, symbolic and very, uh, uh, important, right. For our, for our faith. And Jesus takes it and he transforms it from a Jewish custom into kind of a more Christian one that we're, we're more familiar with now. Um, of course, like he takes the bread, like this is my body, it's broken for you. Uh, you take it, eat it as often as you do this, then you remember to me and kind of does the same thing with the wine. Um, and really, really like, ties those symbols back to himself um, and makes them makes them kind of for for us like like for for the people that follow him you know right yeah so. yeah and and I think that um, especially for us at, in the Methodist Church right now uh, I I think we I think we struggle to have a firm grasp on um, the sacraments. Uh, I think mm-hmm. at one point in our history, we were very like sacramental people, but 
uh, in more recent times, we haven't, I don't think we've necessarily had that. Um, not that we don't do it. It's just that I think that the importance and the emphasis on it, um, has sort of been lost, which, which makes sense because, you know, like for Wesley, like Wesley would serve, they would observe communion every single time they gathered, like right. whenever the group got together, they were having communion. Um, right. But right, right. we're also on the American side of the Methodism, um, where, as my work of worship professor last week stated, um, Wesley sent us a letter that said, hey, you should celebrate communion every time you get together. And the American leaders basically read the letter, tossed it away. <laughs> like, like <laughs> meh. <laughs> and so so they did it less often. And uh, But I think that there is something to be said about the importance of the sacraments, um, and especially today, talking about Last Supper, uh, the importance of communion and and what that represents for us and what that means for us. And, right. you know, and I remember, I remember in my Methodist history class reading the stories of like people would have communion and like, as the bread went in their mouth, the spirit would fall and like it's happening. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it was yeah. just, there was something to it. There was something, there was a, I don't know if it was a, an appreciation of it or I'm not, don't know the right word, but there was something more maybe to it. Deeper, maybe just a deeper understanding of it. You know, it could be a deeper, maybe a deeper meaning to it. I don't know. Um, it's also interesting to note. I think that communion was not always just like a little dab of grape juice and a little right. bite of bread, right? Uh, the early church kind of took it, and they were like, "Well, anytime we get together and have a meal together, that's communion." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so even like for us now, it's kind of like, well, if you gather together with friends or if you gather together with your family. That's communion, right? And there's something, I've, I've said this a lot of times before, not on this podcast exactly, but just in life and to you, um, there's something there's something sacred about sitting down around a table together, you know, uh, and, and having having a meal together. There's just, there's something sacred about that. And using that, uh, using that as an opportunity to glorify God and to, to glorify Christ, um, Oh, there's just there's something to that, that that doesn't happen just in our daily lives. You know, taking the moment to to kind of gather together um, and be be children of God together in those moments, I think, is really important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but like the the symbology and the symbolism of Eucharist, like the way that we do it, has a lot of meaning. And then also just eating together and being together and being the body of Christ together also has a lot of meaning to it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and. And what I love about it too is that it, 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 I think it, and not only does it tie, I think, directly into, um, you know, the sacrifice of Jesus, but I think it even ties in well with, um, with Jesus' experience in the garden right after this story, because he he goes from this moment where he's this deep moment where he's like, man, my body and my blood, they're about to be, you know, I'm about to be broken and and split up for you guys, and and. And it's almost like he he has this moment, and then he and then it's like a it's almost like a realization moment. He's like, "Oh man, I really am about to do that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's a moment of humanity in Jesus. Um, yeah, because most of us are going to be going that doing that. Like this this prayer of Jesus of like you know if there's any other way, Lord, uh, that's us. I mean that's that's humanity to a T. Like God, if I don't have to go through hard things, please. Please make it so I don't have to. Right. Very great. And yet, I mean, he does end his prayer with like, but if it is your will, 
right? Not what I right. want, but what you want. <laughs> Not my will, but your will. Yep. Yeah. And that that's that's one thing that Jesus, I think, emphasized a lot in his ministry was that, like, listen, you've got to do what God has called you to do. Like, y- you have yeah. got to do that. <laughs> right. Right, right. And often, <laughs> I mean, I think oftentimes we know what God has called us to do, you know, but we're just kind of like, well, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, we rationalize our way out of it. You know, we, we rationalize our way out of it, or we, we think, you know, we think, well, you know, but this over here is so good, and this and the other thing, and it's like, it's like, yeah, but God, God calls us to some kind of terrifying things sometimes. Absolutely. And, and you know, so, but yeah, so they, they leave supper, uh, they go out into the garden to get Gethsemane, and they're out there, and, and Jesus, you know, he... If I remember correctly, he takes, like, all of his disciples with him, but then he takes Peter, James, and John further with him. He's like, you guys, like, stay with me. I'm going to go over here and pray. I want you to stay here and pray. Pray for me, right? Because, obviously, like, I'm going to die, and I'm under a lot of duress because nobody wants to die. And so he goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes out into the garden, and he's praying his, his daylights out, right? And, and depending on the translation that you read, as we discovered earlier today, uh, he either is sweating like drops of blood or he's sweating drops of blood. Um, And I think we kind of lean toward the more metaphorical, he's sweating like drops of blood, you know. Uh, But even still, uh, I don't think that I've ever, like, sweated while I've been praying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm never under, like, a whole lot of, like, super crazy physical stress when I'm praying, that makes me sweat like drops of blood uh, when I'm out there praying. But Jesus is out there, and he's, he's under such such incredible duress, uh, such incredible stress in, in himself. And he, he prays for a little while, and he comes back, and Peter, James, and John have fallen asleep. And it, I, just, just the betrayal in that, <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just like, guys, I just told you that I'm about to die. And here you are, like you've fallen asleep. You know, like, <laughs> all I wanted for, was for you to all I wanted was for you to stay awake and pray with me, and and you're asleep. You know what? And if I remember, yeah, go ahead. So you know what just dawned on me, and I've not never thought about this before, but these are the same guys who, like, literally just a second ago, was like, "No, God, it can't be me. It would not be me that betrays you. I would never do that." <laughs> and and like you said, yeah. you have to imagine that once Judas is called out, they're going, "Oh, shame on you, sir!" Right? And then probably, and then they go to the garden with Jesus, and they're falling asleep. Like, I mean, he's like, the CEB says that Jesus says to them, "I'm very sad. It's as if I'm dying. Stay here and keep alert with me." He even says to keep alert. And right. what do they do? They fall Sorry. asleep. Like, oh, come on! <laughs> like, like immediately, and he comes back, and he's like, "He's like, you're all asleep. Why are you asleep?" And and if I remember right, he goes out and prays a second time, and then he comes back, yes. and they fall asleep again. Yes. And and that's when he's out there, you know, he's praying, like, God, I don't want this to happen, but I'm going to do it if it's what you want me to do. Please take this cup from me, but I'm going to do it if it's not possible, right? Um, but he comes back, and of course, they're asleep again, and he rebukes them, and he's like, why? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I just told you, I'm about to die. Like, I, I'm dying here, Right. And, and here you are asleep in, in this garden. And, and then, of course, that's when Judas shows up uh, and betrays Jesus with the kiss, um, which is, again, just, like, just such a deep betrayal. Like, like you kissed the man that you're killing. 
you know? Yep. And, and I realized that the kissing was, was more of a common greeting back then, but still, it's like, you have put your lips on the person that you are effectively killing. Like, what, what a vile person Judas must have been. <laughs> yeah, at, least, at least in this moment, you know? Um, so, I don't know. Got a commentary on any of that? Thoughts on any of that? Um, yes. I, what, what, what I remember here is that they, they bring this crowd with them. Like, it's not yeah. just the guys who are going to arrest him. They bring, like, this giant crowd of people. And I think they were even, like, carrying some kind of weapons, like a club or something. or swords, maybe. Clubs. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, they had clubs. And, and so what was, what's interesting, though, is I do specifically remember that it's, it says they were sent by the chief priests and the elders. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just, it, it blows my mind. That it, and I, I mean, I've heard this story a hundred times, and we see it throughout the Gospels, but just how mean religious people can be. Like, I just, like, the leaders of the church of that day, you know, the, that, that, the version of church they had at that time, the leaders of the church were the ones who were inciting a riot. And, yeah. and and taking yeah. Jesus down, you know? Yeah. And no, that's crazy. And that's the group that essentially pays off Judas to end it, you know, just and it just yeah, it just amazes me. I mean, every time I read this story, that that never ceases to I just I read that and I go, Come on. <laughs> like <laughs> But then but then I'm also challenged by it because I'm like, you know, like, am it am I or is the church today, you know, like what are we doing with that with today? You know, like like what is our what is our issue today where we're the ones bringing the pitchforks and mm. and and meanwhile jesus is like guys this isn't the way like <laughs> right uh probably many <laughs> honestly i i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't um i wouldn't be surprised if there are many many of those those situations where we're like ah oh, we got to get on this like but you don't understand like this is not it's not what we're, what we're after you know right Right? Yeah, because meanwhile, Jesus, in this moment, is essentially fulfilling the ultimate act of the law, which is love God and love your neighbor, and he's essentially right. doing them both in this moment with what he's doing with his life. Right, right. right. So, that's all the further I think we really want to go in this story right now, because after this, we can really kind of get into more of the Good Friday yeah. uh, side of things, um, and really the suffering and the and the death of Jesus. Uh, but that, I think honestly, that's plenty to think about, you know, uh, that first kind of that first half of the story, uh, there's a lot to chew on and to think about in there. Um, and again, it's, it's kind of a mournful story. It's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a, um, a sad story. It's kind of even a bad story in a way. Uh, but it's good because of the result that comes out of it. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if we're thinking about Christian suffering, or we're thinking about maybe even suffering in our own lives, um, beginning to look at suffering of our Savior uh, is a good way to to think about that and to think about the ways that we should react and act in those moments. You know, absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. So we're back tomorrow. Yes, we are. Yes, Good Friday. All right. Well, that sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. We'll see you tomorrow. See you later.